If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. All right, welcome back to Mind Pump. Uh, please subscribe to our show. We talk a lot about fitness, uh, and we talk a lot about uh, other things that have absolutely nothing to do with fitness. And this is one of those episodes. So I want to talk about a subject that's a little controversial right now. It's kind of all over the place. And um, over the last four years, it's been uh, all over the media. Um, the public opinion on this particular subject has changed dramatically. Dramatically, yeah. Dramatically. Definitely. And I have some personal experience with this stuff uh, myself, just some, some stories. But I want to talk about, uh, I'm going to use the correct term, cannabis. Oh. Cannabis. We want to talk about Marijuana. 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 Yeah, so can The sticky icky. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never used it before, but no, all right. So, so let's talk about it for a little bit. Um, first and foremost, uh, why don't we, you guys want to talk about the legality of it? I mean, what do you guys think about uh, right. marijuana being uh, a Schedule One drug right up there with uh, heroin? Well, where we are right now, like, let's talk about how many states have actually legalized it completely. We just like, had three more, hop right? on. Yeah, so full legalization. We have what, Colorado, Colorado Washington, right. D.C., if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh-huh. um, who else is uh, fully legalized? Washington State, Alaska. Alaska. And then you have a bunch of medical marijuana states. Um, California is one of them, which we live in, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch more. So it seems like the tide is turning, um, but still on a federal level, marijuana is as illegal as heroin and more illegal than crack and cocaine and meth. <laughs> which is crazy. Which I, is insane. I mean, we can get into the, if you want to get into the history of all this and how this all panned out back in the days and prohibition time and basically how it just took over what alcohol was when when alcohol went back to being legal because um, during prohibition times I mean there was a lot of money that was being funded to fight alcohol coming in and being smuggled in the black market and there was a lot of money for a lot of police officers and polit- uh, uh, officials and um, you know the whole political side and when that went away if there was no longer a need for it when alcohol became legal what did we turn to yeah it was marijuana, right? Well, you know, it's um, it's funny. Um, you know, if you look back, I guess apparently, and I'm not an expert on this, but I remember reading about this. Um, I guess marijuana, uh, they were using the paper. They were using hemp to make paper, and it was competing with mm-hmm. people who made paper from uh, from trees. Paper mill, yeah. Right. And so the owners, uh, one of the owners of, uh, I think it's Hearst, if I'm not mistaken, who owned these paper mills, Wanted marijuana out of the business because they had just discovered how to t- turn hemp into paper with this really. Is that uh, the same Hearst Castle guy? I'm not sure, but that's a okay. good question. I'm not yeah. sure. So he owned newspapers, and so what he did is he published a bunch of propaganda um, articles about how um, minorities, in particular, because back then there were, you know the whole country was really racist, All so right. they'd say like, oh, you know, the Mexicans are smoking marijuana and blacks are smoking marijuana, and then they're having sex with white women. This is literally what these newspapers oh, would yeah. say. And they named it marijuana, which is not the actual name for cannabis. And it, that's the name that stuck. And um, as a result, what they did is they levied a tax on marijuana and said you have to buy this particular certificate or stamp or something like that in order to sell it. And then they made none of them available. So they effectively made it illegal. 
Right. Is what that what happened. And this is even hemp, like the hemp. All the I mean, male and hemp plant, has no right? like. There's no THC in it. You can't get stoned. I mean, you have to smoke a shitload of hemp to get stoned, and you just get stoned off the smoke, not necessarily because you're you know there's anything in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, not and enough psychoactives in hemp. There's to... nothing in, in in hemp, and so they they did this um, and effectively made it illegal. And then fast forward, you had the you know Nixon, and you know when he started the the first round of war on drugs. And at the time, you had this really big um, counterculture movement. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a lot of protests. You had Vietnam going on, and the country was really divided. I mean, we look at politics now, and we think, oh, it's so this ain't shit, man. Yeah. People were getting assassinated. You had, pe- you know, civil, civil rights leaders getting killed. Um, you know, uh, celebrities getting assassinated, and people, you know, speculating that it was, uh, you know, CIA and all this stuff, like John Lennon and all this crazy stuff, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And you had this huge counterculture movement that was growing. And so how do you throw all these protesters in jail when there's freedom of speech? Right. What do you do? You make their drug of choice mm-hmm. schedule one. You right. make marijuana right. extremely illegal. And well, now you they, get to throw, throw all these. LSD in there as well, right? LSD, mushrooms, uh, yeah, um, heroin. So all these are all the drugs that the hippies used to use. And so they, they did that. And it was more of a political move than mm-hmm. anything. It's all political, and you know uh, those uh, those listening probably don't know this, but uh, I know you guys know that. I mean, I had an opportunity to uh, open up two of the first cannabis clubs in the Bay Area um, when they fir- and so I was part of the front end of all this movement in San Jose. So, you know, talk about really digging in and seeing all the the politics. You know, it was always about that. You know, and, and very similar, like you're talking about how it started way back in the days, like. You know, it started off and there was there's going to be so many permits, you know, and we supposedly knew somebody who knew somebody who was going to get us in for X amount of permits. And we were going to be we were going to monopolize it. We're going to be the main all the clubs that were even allowed to be there. So, you know, we had this plan. I don't want to get uh, too in detail of stuff. I'm I'm pretty sure I could probably go to jail for talking about something along the line. So I'll keep it at that as far as my experience. This was the medical marijuana. I mean, you followed all the state laws and did all that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Pay taxes, did all that stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's kind of. It's crazy that it's how, um, I mean, first of all, I, there's no, there's never been a death because of marijuana. No. That, that to me no. is the most alarming statistic that we have out there. For as many people that use it, abuse it, and whatever you want to say about it, that to have never had a death from it and that we actually have it illegal is crazy well, to me. Well, how do you, you know how you die from marijuana? If like a marijuana hail, uh, like bale of uh, marijuana drops on your head, <laughs> yeah. or like I was gonna say, if a cop breaks in your house and shoots you because yeah. you're smoking a joint, Otherwise, I was gonna say if you're if you're riding a bike past the uh, drive-through, right? oh, like that commercial. <laughs> yeah. God, that was such a dumb. Do you, commercial. Do you remember when you were kids, like all or the, the dog? Do you remember all the anti-drug the commercials when you were kids, like yeah. your brain on drugs and all? Yeah. And a lot of this stuff was like mar- the marijuana ones, dude. Like the kids, I'm gonna kids admit stuff. right now. Now, I in, in high school, I tried marijuana. Maybe twice, maybe two times. I was really into fitness. Uh, I bought into a lot of the stuff. And for me, health and fitness is a a priority. So I never really did any of this. And then after high school, I might have tried it another couple times. It wasn't, you know, that big of a deal for me. Much later, I'd say, I think probably when I was 29 or 28, 29, I had... um, some really bad issues with uh, digestion, like irritable bowel syndrome, maybe borderline Crohn's. Mm. And, um, you know, it was really bad. I, mean, I was losing weight. It was scary for me. I ate very healthy. Doctors couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And right around this time, I went on a vacation uh, with my wife and a couple of our friends. And we went to Belize. 
Okay. So we're down there and this friend of mine, he, you know, every once in a while he would smoke pot and he bought a bunch of this marijuana and it was like this dirt, you know, the, the, the dirt weed that you get like in Mexico or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's just like weed. And so we smoked a heck, heck, a bunch of it. And while I was on vacation, I ate whatever I wanted and I thought for sure I was going to pay for it because at the time, if I ate anything that was outside of my diet, um, I'd have severe stomach problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay for it. This is going to be horrible. And I had nothing, not a single, nothing happened to me. When I was down there, and I couldn't figure out what it was, and I thought maybe it was the the fact that I was relaxed from on vacation, maybe stress. I couldn't, I literally could not figure it out. Then when I get back um, to the states, um, I don't have this marijuana anymore, and the symptoms come back, mm-hmm. and I have all these issues again. And you know, people are thinking like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Listen, if you have severe irritable bowel syndrome, it is debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, you're weak, you feel anemic, you lose strength, you lose energy. You know, here I am. Very. And you're not motivated to eat. You're not motivated to eat. You, you have pain. It's, it's like you're dying. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. And so I would go through this and I couldn't figure out what it was. And finally I said to myself, I said, I wonder if, it's the, if it was the cannabis mm. that I used down in Belize. So I actually got my hands on some and I tried it again. And it actually did not work. And so I said, okay, it's not the cannabis. Fast forward about six months later and being myself, I'm doing all this research and I come across this forum where people are talking about um, cannabis and how it helps their irritable bowel syndrome. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking in my head like it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And then I read about um, the cannabinoids that are found in cannabis. And there's one cannabinoid in particular called cannabidiol, CBD, which you actually probably hear about a little bit now on the news. I think uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta did a whole special on CBD and how it helps with epilepsy and this and that. Anyway, it's a non-psychoactive cannabinoid found in marijuana. So, in other words, you don't get high off of it. Okay, mm-hmm. THC is the one that gets you high. There's a couple of those too. The medical benefits from it. it depends on what your medical benefits you're looking for. Like, if you want to fight depression, THC might be better, right? But mm. for inflammation of the mm-hmm. gut and for for the immune system modulation, because in my case, my immune system was overactive. This is what was causing all these problems. So mm-hmm. I said, oh, my goodness, it's, I wonder if it was the CBD. And I remember down in Belize, we had this quote unquote dirt weed where you had to smoke a shitload of it to get high. And I thought to myself, I bet that stuff was just high in CBD. Yeah. yeah. So I went and I got my hands on some high CBD cannabis and I'm like 30. I'm like 30 years old. I'm a father. I'm a you know, business owner, professional. Here I am, I'm buying you know, weed for the first time. I'm a little bit like, all right, whatever. But then again, I tend to be a, a free thinker. So I'm like, fuck everyone. If it works, then you can go fuck yourself. I'm going to use it. <laughs> and I used it. And within three days, symptoms were gone. And till this day, um, I use a little bit every night of this high CBD strain of cannabis. Now, that's not to say that sometimes I don't use a high THC strain. I'm not trying to be some elitist like, oh, I don't get high. Like, you know, I, every once in a while I do. And we'll t- I'll talk about why. I might do that as well, but the CBD controlled my symptoms, and at that point, I was sold. And I said, "Oh hmm. shit, there's something that goes into this." So yeah, that's interesting. I actually have a very, very similar story, except for mine um, relates to pain, and actually relates to the first time in my life that I'd ever felt uh, dependent or addicted to anything. So, uh, like Sal, um, uh, all through high school and stuff like that, and even college, I was a goody goody boy. So I actually didn't do any drugs at all. Um, I didn't even try marijuana when I was uh, in my teens. The first time I even tried it was when I was about 23 years old. Mm. 
And uh, at that time, I didn't have any major pain or any reason to take it. I was trying to get high with my buddies, and I figured I was more than an adult by then if if I was going to decide to try something like this and see if it was my thing or whatever. And I didn't have a great experience. It was uh, I smoked a lot. I had the paranoia from it, and I was like, <laughs> this, "This isn't for me," you know. So I uh, I pretty much stayed away from it for a long time. Fast forward to my late twenties, um, and I ended up tearing my ACL and my MCL. And when I did so, I was on painkillers, and I was on painkillers for quite some time. And I'll never forget one of the things that I was complaining to the doctor that, hey, maybe I need some stronger stuff because you know I'm in so much pain. Anybody who's had their ACL, MCL uh, torn in surgery, it's up there with some of the worst surgeries. You know, and I've never had obviously back surgery, so I can't say it's worse or whatever with that. But I know it's up there with one of the worst. So it's the worst pain I've ever been in my life. So here I am taking these uh, Vicodin prescriptions, hydrocodone, opiates. Opiates, exactly, and I'm and I'm telling the doctor that I'm in so much pain. They're like, "Well, how many are you taking?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm taking. I'm only trying to take two or three. And they're like, "Oh, no, 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 no! You need to stay ahead of the pain. So even though it says every four hours you take it on there before you start to feel the pain come again, take another one. So here I am. I'm training myself to take, you know, every three hours. Now I'm popping a, you know, a Norco, you know, which is a and double. What strength. is this doing to your liver and kidney? Oh yeah, and most importantly, what's happened is in the side that, like I said, and I was never somebody who was had addicted to anything or did drugs or smoked cigarettes, none of that stuff. So for me, this was my first real experience of what that feeling feels like. And if you've ever been or anybody who's listening has ever been addicted or at all to an opiate, you can relate. It is the most miserable feeling to try and come off of it because opiates that those opiates are naturally produced in your body. And basically what you're doing is you're giving it an excessive amount, which feels wonderful while you're taking it. It's, it's the same feeling that you get us that satisfaction feeling of happiness and joy comes with opiates are released in your body when that happens. And so you're getting an overwhelming amount of that more so than your body naturally produces and it starts to shut it off and produce it itself anymore. So then you get this huge high level and you decide, and just like I did, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm done with my surgery. It's been months now. I'm just going to stop you know, going from like seven of these things a day down to zero. And all of a sudden I'm in this fever, cold sweats, I'm shivering, I'm shaking. And I just thought I had like this nasty flu. And then all of a sudden I'd take one of the pills and then I feel amazing. I wow. Was like, Whoa. You went through withdrawals. Oh you? yeah. No, dude, it was, a, it was a trip, you know, and lucky for me that, you know, I have pretty good self-discipline and I did a little bit of research myself on how to come, obviously going from seven to zero is not what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. And, you know, I winged myself off and brought it off. So I, you know, in, in forever, I'll never forget that. Now I still dealt with the pain. I still deal with sleepless nights to this day. Like I don't sleep very well at night. Part of it is through achiness and so joints and things like that. The other part of that too, is I just, my mind never shuts down. Well, I was introduced to cannabis and someone kept telling me like, well, you should do this instead. It's such a better alternative than taking pain medication. I'm like, ah, I didn't have a really good experience. Like, no, 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 no. You need to try things that are higher in CBD and, and, and go that direction. And I was at this point, I was like, you know, anything was a better feeling than that feeling I had from trying to come off the, the, the Vicodin. So I thought, okay, I was open-minded to try something different and stuff. And exactly just like you, I remember having like just a most amazing sleep. And I was just like, I was sold. I was mm-hmm. instantly sold at that moment on how well I felt on something that, and it wasn't something that I felt I needed. I could go weeks without smoking weed and there's no withdrawal feeling there's right. no like i need right. it or what like that or sw- cold sweats right. or anything if i don't matter of fact if i don't smoke weed for five six seven days it's awesome because the next time i smoke it it's like instantaneously feel it it's like <laughs> it's easily flushed in and out of your system like that that it's not something that 
you know, your body becomes addicted to. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was immediately sold. So real similar. Well, I think, you know, if you examine the um, if you look at the science of, of cannabis, well, here, well, you know, if we rewind a little bit and we look at, you know, how substances are regulated, there's different, you know, uh, degrees of regulation, right? You have absolutely free, zero regulation, like if you buy water, like a bottle of water has almost zero regulation. Anybody could buy water to a little bit more regulation. Like if you go buy uh, alcohol, you have to be 21, right? To extreme regulation where it's completely illegal. You, you, I think marijuana, I think most drugs are way too far on the complete regulation. As a result, you have this black market, which is massive and nobody, re- nobody really respects the law. Because by this point, nobody buys the propaganda. Does anybody buy the the old, you know, uh, hysteria about marijuana Any, anymore? Nobody fucking <laughs> buys it. So. No, everybody laughs at it. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why is it like heroin? It's not like heroin. <laughs> um, so I think it would be smart to take marijuana and and let it be regulated, maybe like alcohol. Um, as far as addictive properties, studies will show that there are some addictive properties to marijuana, but it's not. It's not addictive like... Do you mean the, the happy, sleepy, and horny feeling that you get from yeah, it? Yeah, I think <laughs> because people like it. The awesomeness? Yeah, because people like it. I, you know, it's funny. Because, uh, it, it, caffeine is more addictive. Look, yeah. okay, so, the, yeah. so substances have something called an LD50. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. But an LD50 is the amount or the dosage required that they estimate would kill half the people who use the substance. This is a number that, that they give uh, something. So, sure this is so like caffeine's LD50 is, I don't know, 2,000 milligrams or something like that, right? They have a tough time establishing what the LD50 is for marijuana because it's so difficult to overdose on it. In <laughs> fact, it's so difficult to overdose. And I blame you stupid stoners who make shit for these dispensaries in California. I blame you idiots because you're, gonna, you're the ones that are going to get people in trouble. I went to a dispensary because I go to a dispensary locally to get you know my, my stuff. And I go in there and they have a brownie. And this one brownie, <laughs> this one brownie. Now, an effective dose of, of, of THC is anywhere between 5 to 15 milligrams. Some people need a lot more. But for the average person, 5 to 15 milligrams will feel something right. This brownie had 1,000 milligrams of THC in one brownie. You know, So you break off a little piece and you eat Power it. brownie. But... Oh fuck you idiots! Like, what are you doing? You're gonna get people like someone's gonna someone's gonna leave it out, and then someone else is gonna eat the whole thing, and they're not gonna die because see leprechauns. But they're gonna have a tough time. (laughs) They're gonna have a really bad time, and so you have all these people overdosing on on these edibles as a result. So I think there should be some regulation if we're gonna make it, you know, legal. But you know, kind of like alcohol. I don't mm-hmm. think it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it should. The way it's illegal now, you know, they've made it so illegal, it's almost impossible to study. Did you guys know that? Really? If you're a scientist, you could study Ebola, but you can't. It's like it's hard to study marijuana. I used to be on one one of the other sides, and and to be fair, like I probably was on the other side of the fence of you guys as far as like, you know, marijuana, and there's a stigma to it where I, I just. You know, I had friends and I hang out with people that smoke and it's not an issue to me, but I was never like one of those, like I'm jumping all in and I'm on the, like, let's go get pot free and let's, let's make this happen. And like, I could care less about that. Like there was like this sort of thing for me where I, I, I don't know, I didn't respond to it. I had a lot of the paranoia as, as, a, <laughs> as a result, like Adam was talking about. So it was not one, an appealing thing for me. Like I, 
alcohol was much more friendly to me. And, <laughs> you know, more, things were mellow and like, that's cool. You know, that's great. Well, bro, don't you have Irish in you? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. True. And so I guess that's, that's, called, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your veins, bro. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Whiskey is much, much better for me. But um, yeah, no, like I, I never had a problem with it. it it's just like, but at the same time, like I was, I was like looking like further, and I, uh, like later on in life, you kind of see all these these patterns. Like, what? Why is it that, um, you know, like if you're selling like Vicodin, and people are taking this, you know, from a prescription, and you like doctors are afraid to prescribe marijuana. We're, it's, Insane. It's crazy. Yeah, you me. know how many deaths happen every year to opiates? Something like 10,000. Oh, it's a, a, a much higher. Yeah. And, and you want to know another statistic that's weird? States that have legalized medical marijuana have a, re- a dramatic reduction in addiction to opiates. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is a real statistic. Now, I wonder why they fight so hard to keep it illegal. You guys think about that. Yeah. So I don't. I Who are they competing with? So right. I, I can't yeah. confirm this, um, but I, this is what I've been told. So maybe a listener can can uh, educate me further on the laws. But I've been told that Florida is like what we are if for uh, prescription pills, or is like how we are with medical marijuana. So those that have, do not have a medical marijuana card, because there's so many things that cannabis can can aid as far as what it can help you with. It's pretty easy in a state like California to actually get your cannabis. California is probably the easiest medical marijuana state to get a medical marijuana. I remember walking in. Do you remember getting your card? Yes. I remember walking in. Here I am. I'm all educated about my issue. I have all my... my, Bro, I brought my x-ray in. Bro, I had everything for my doctors. (laughs) I'm going to talk to this guy. This fucking dude looked at me. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Signed off some papers. Give it to me. Okay, go take a picture at the front. I'm like, wow. This I brought is- my ex. I brought my X-ray for my knee. I brought my prescription yeah. pain medication that I didn't want to be taking, and I was like, this is why I'm here. And it was so funny because he didn't even look at any of my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, why did I go through all that? It's super. It's super easy. So yeah. Point. Point being told. So I've heard get headaches. I've, there you go. I've I've heard that that's how. Uh, uh, f- Florida is for prescription bills. Yeah. Well, but, maybe because they have such wow. an aging population there. Yeah. Maybe that maybe yeah. a lot of the retirees. And so the big thing there, like you see with with uh, cannabis over here, is you know the whole the the black market side. Is you see a lot of people from New York upstate um, that drive down, they get all these easy prescriptions, and they. Mm. head back up and then they're selling them. So Sling them back oh, up yeah, there. Well, yeah. well, okay, so you said something interesting and I think I, I've heard this from other people who are against uh, medical marijuana um, and they hear they, they say stuff like, oh, what is it? Snake oil. What is it? You know, it, it takes care of everything. You know, stomach problems, PMS, you know, pain, <laughs> you know, depression. And, and so, yes, it sounds insane, right? It sounds like how the fuck can one thing treat so many symptoms? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you why. Get ready for the science. Here's this is this is why it can treat so many things. So, the body has a natural endocannabinoid um, system. So, the body actually makes its own endocannabinoids. One of which is called anandamide. So, your your body naturally produces this. As a matter of fact, there's a high amount of this produced in breast milk. So, have you ever seen babies? Isn't it stored in really? your fat and released when, when they're all lipids? Blood? They're lipids. Yeah. Cannabinoids are lipids. They're fat soluble. So. When you see like a baby breastfeed and he, you know, you ever seen a baby eat, you know, uh, breastfeed and then just like crap out afterwards and they got like this goofy look on their face, they're high on anandamide. <laughs> it's true. That's so, why. Okay. So we have our own uh, endocannabinoid system and cannabinoids attach 
to a what are called uh, cannabinoid receptors. And there's two that we've identified. We know there's more. We think there's more. But the two we've identified are the CB1 and CB2 receptors. And they're found in the central nervous system and, the, and in the peripheral nervous system. These receptors are what are called, I'm going to get real technical, they're called G-protein coupled receptors. And I, I don't know this. I'm not going to go into the science behind what, 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 what those receptors are, mainly because I don't know. But what I do know is these receptors are targeted heavily by pharmaceutical companies because they sit on a, a you know your target cell. And when you attach to it, they tell inside the cell what to do. So it's a good place to dock your, you know, whatever chemical it is. It's a good thing to target, okay? The cannabinoid receptors are easily among one of the most, if not the most, abundant G-protein coupled receptors in the body. They're found fucking everywhere. Hmm. So now it makes sense. If you take an external cannabinoid, a phytocannabinoid, which is from a plant, and it attaches to these cannabinoid receptors, which are found everywhere you can have you can help all kinds of different you have lots of effects exactly so it's in the liver it's in the stomach it's in the gut it's in the brain of course it's throughout the whole body so this is why people get pain relief this is why people fight things like depression um this is why you have these you know these psychoactive mind effects um but one of the things it doesn't do is it doesn't shut down um breathing or vital functions which is Mm. why it's so easy to overdose on things like opiates because you take too many opiates and your body forgets to breathe and you and you die what about when you smoke too much and then you're like dude uh, just breathe bro yeah Yeah, it's paranoia so (laughs) there's there's a part of the brain that that's heavily concentrated with uh, cannabinoids i can't remember which one it is but it controls things like fear Mm -hmm. and so it can artificially stimulate this sense of fear and paranoia in your inner brain and you feel like your heart's really beating and well your heart does beat faster because uh here's this is something cool too i love that you're asking these questions justin thank you hey i'm gonna be the guy setting me up i don't know what's going on you're totally setting me up so uh cannabinoids are what are called vasodilators so they open up the blood vessels, um, which artificially lowers blood pressure. And what ends up happening is your heart, in order to keep up with your blood pressure, because it lowers, beats faster. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a, a, it's actually an effective, not only is it an effective vasodilator, it's also an effective bronchodilator. Did you know for asthma, cannabinoids are actually quite effective. They open up the, the lungs. Unlike Which is tobacco. interesting as you're smoking it. Correct. Unlike right? tobacco. Now, smoke might irritate the lungs, so you might get this dual effect. But if you vaporize... You'll open up mm-hmm. or, or consume by or edibles. Cons- edibles, right? Yeah. So here's something interesting that that's that's funny. People don't realize this. So cannabinoids are potent neuroprotectors. So you know how they always say oh, if you smoke pot, it's going to kill your brain cells. Yeah, it's opposite. It's it's bullshit. It's actually a potent neuroprotector. And if you don't agree with me, first of all, don't ever not agree with me because I'm always right. But. <laughs> Actually, one time I was wrong, and it was the one time I thought I was wrong, and I was actually right. He about lost his mind. <laughs> no, this is, so check this out. Google this. Just type this in. U.S. Patent 6630507. Just type that shit in Google and see what you find. It's a patent by the U.S. government on cannabinoids as antioxidants and neuroprotectants. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The same government that has made marijuana a Schedule One drug also holds a patent on cannabinoids <laughs> so ironic. To, that as neuroprotectants in particular for people with Alzheimer's or you know brain diseases mm-hmm. below how about how, how about you smoke that yeah <laughs> roll that, it in your pipe roll that up and smoke it insane 
So there's some interesting effects with marijuana. What about the negatives? Let's talk about some of the negatives of marijuana. I mean, are you guys familiar with any of the negatives? Have you noticed anything negative from ever? Um, we talked about paranoia. Maybe some short-term memory a little bit. That's true. Short-term. Yeah. So statistics. Loss of dreams. Uh, yeah, um, very good. Yeah, you don't dream as much. That's true. That's yeah. actually true. They've studied that. Um, shuts, I know it shuts off some neuro connection between the frontal lobe that has something to do with dreams. I don't. I don't know all the nerdy. You science get a little bit of halitosis if you're smoking it too often. Like dry my, mouth. My buddy, his breath smells like <laughs> shit. I'm always like, bro, <laughs> step back. Why are you looking at Adam? When <laughs> I have that, bro. I got no, 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 no. Anyway, <laughs> no. I so. The- <laughs> It stinks, dude. It, it stinks after a while. If you're if you're a chronic smoker, like that adds up. Yeah, I think that's that's Let's because be of the dry mouth, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. it could be all that paper you're smoking too. You it know? could be or the tobacco. I, well, here's what's interesting. So yes, it does affect short term memory. It also affects reaction time. So if you smoke pot and then you go do reaction tests, they show that it slows down reaction time. However, it does enhance other abilities oh, like sex. Well, besides that, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. You want to talk about slowing things down? Yeah, it slows down sex to be like like you're literally watching yourself in slow motion. So <laughs> things are happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that benefit. That was just like a, I found out that's just to be a plus when I was medicating. Myself. Incredible! It's an incredible libido. I mean, it's great. A aid for intercourse. Absolutely, <laughs> I think I think just it should be it it should be something that therapists. Way better prescribe. Viagra. I'm, I'm I, assuming. Oh, are you got? Well, it's a vasodilator. We just talked about that. Right, right, right. Yeah. You want to get a boner easier, right? right? Unless you're paranoid. I'm telling you, get right, the right strain. Every 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 struggling relationship out there that's listening. If you're married and you guys smoke married, a joint with your wife, exactly, watch what and happens. you haven't had weed and you haven't smoked weed and probably since you were a kid, go get high with your wife. Yeah. They'll spark. They'll throw a spark. You're, 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 okay, we got to make sure we say if you're in a place that's legal. Yeah, sorry, and you're not breaking law. Right. We're not we're not telling you to break adults. Law. And Jesus. <laughs> take your prescription. Take your prescription yeah. down. If you were if you were to smoke weed, this is what you might experience. Well, so trip off this so. It, it decreases uh, short-term memory reaction time, but it increases connections between distant parts of the brain. So they do these tests where they have people, they'll, they'll give them, they'll, they'll, they'll tell them, okay, tell us everything that relates to the color blue. And when they do this sober, they'll come up with so many words. Then when they're under the influence of marijuana or you know cannabis, they'll come up with more words. They can associate things. They have better connections with abstract thought. And if you don't believe me, if you disagree with me right now, then throw away every fucking song yeah, that, that you've say. ever listened to or movie because artists use marijuana heavily for that particular reason. Oh, it's yeah. the abstract thoughts, the creativity that they get from it. And that's a, that's a statistical, that's a, the scientific fact. So that's, they've actually studied that specifically because I, I, I mean, obvi- that's almost an obvious thing oh, yeah, when, you, you, when you look at it like with music and oh, you look at right? it like... I don't know, just just random thoughts. Maybe, like, who, who's to say that like Socrates didn't come up with all these ideas? Oh, yeah. You know, Stone, or right. uh, the founding fathers, for instance. Like, you, it you was a lot of grow. You had to grow marijuana, like hemp and stuff. Yeah, in, in, like Virginia. But it, it just it just changes that that mindset to to some degree. I know that is you know it, maybe, it, it helps you sort of like fire a different part of your brain. Maybe one day we'll let these viewers hear what it sounds like when we are because you want to talk about I'm not going to go you just want to talk about some forward thinking (laughs) I'm not sure if we're going to gain they can't handle that right now well you remember how earlier I said I use high CBD regularly to helps me treat my some of my issues with my 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 digestion and my stomach every once in a while I do throw in a high THC strain um 
because I have found for myself the the uh, for me the ability to think and really stretch my mind is enhanced to quite an extent with some of these some of these strains. So some of my theories on exercise, some of my <laughs> ideas on certain things. Oh, bro, right. say that for another episode. I'm gonna. Say, I will. You. I'm not gonna go hundred into detail, but they were under the influence of some higher C, uh, THC strains because I find that I can take my mind places. It's an altered state of consciousness. Let's just be real, right? right. right. You're you're on the same channel every day, all day long. You change that channel a little bit. You're gonna look at things differently. It's like if you flip the world upside down, you're gonna see things differently, right? A new perspective. Absolutely. It's a different perspective. So I I I I will enjoy every once in a while. I'll enjoy that that altered state of consciousness where I can come up with some pretty incredible thoughts and ideas and I'll write quite so, a few things down. I, there is, this is something I, I think is important that I say right now because I, I, like you, I'm, I'm a huge activist um, and pro-cannabis. And But let me tell you something. Both of us experience this later in our lives. Um, and I have a younger brother who uh, is you, you know smokes recreationally um, quite a bit. And one, I'll never forget having the first conversation. So it's tough being an older brother. Um, we're separated by, gosh, we're separated by like 12, 13 years too. So I'm, I'm quite a bit older than he is. And, you know, and so this, you know, this was not that long ago that I had this discussion of, of marijuana. And of course, the older brother who's, you know, started two cannabis clubs and everything like that. I can't, can't quite tell this kid, don't smoke weed, or I don't think you should smoke weed, but one of the long conversations I had with him was, you know, one thing that I notice about myself is I'm not the most productive guy. Now, some people are totally different. So I know some people, they, they feel they can they can medicate and it, they actually use strains like sativa that actually um, give them motivation. I'm, I'm opposite. It doesn't matter if it's a high CBD, high THC, medium hybrid, whatever. I've tried all different types of strains. I, I'm not a very motivated person. I'm definitely deep in thought, and mm-hmm. I definitely mm-hmm. have came up with some amazing business plans and some serious creative formula, formulated plans and stuff like that from, from that. But as far as being super productive and motivated, that's also why that I'm not somebody who can smoke on a, a regular basis. So my brother... Like you, like you don't engage in day smoking. Exactly. Right, right. So you know, I'm just not... And plus, you know, I don't articulate very well, so my, my, my brain doesn't move as fast. You know, I can't mm-hmm. think as quick. I, I like to think I'm a, a pretty quick witted person and I lose that when I'm, I'm heavily medicated. So um, I remember having this conversation with him and, you know, it, it is unfortunate when you see someone and because it can be anything. It doesn't even have to be a drug. I believe that anybody can abuse anything and you can, oh. you know, it's a cool thing to do to get smoke and get mm-hmm. high. I, I, I don't want anyone to think that that any of us or somebody who's like that, who promote it for those for those purposes. Like, oh, they're so cool. They smoke weed and they work out like you know, there's definitely things that we, we agree with about it and find some serious benefits behind it and learned how to balance that in our life and, and use it for those benefits. But also for me, priorities and other things come, come first and then taking care of myself like that as far as pain or getting a great night's sleep or whatever it may be. Or even like you said, there'd be purposes for recreational or experimentation purposes because it is such a new thing to us. There isn't a lot of people that studied it. I'm like Sal, I'm fascinated by it. I like to see how it affects me. It's helped me tremendously trying to gain weight my entire life. I've had a really hard time. I've always been a hard gainer. And a lot of that is just, I just didn't have that appetite. Like I was, I skipped meals. I didn't want to eat as much. And you know, I'm a very tall and lanky guy. And so um, cannabis, I didn't talk about this, but it helped me out a lot with putting size on. That was a big part in me being able to break the 200 pound mark for myself was 
the ability to eat my meals. And then when I wasn't hungry anymore, then I'd actually go smoke cannabis. And then that would kickstart my, want me to eat and munch again. And then I would just go back and eat again. And eating those additional calories helped me put mass and size on. So, you know, I, I experiment like that also. I think it's, I think it's very, very cool. And I'm very fascinated, but, uh, you know, user beware, you know, user beware. It's not, it's, it's not that cool that you should do it all day long and only do that and then become a loser because you're not taking care of your business and shit. But I believe a lot of that has to do with the personality trait. So mm-hmm. it, it can be something that, that somebody does, uh, let take control of their life. So, you know, those that are listening, um, you know, although we're huge advocates uh, of it and everything like that, we're not uh, promoting it as something you should do all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's funny when you say that because, um, the stigma is so interesting, re- you know, regarding cannabis. Like if, if for example, let's say I, to- I told my whole family, hey, listen, I, I, I sold my business and I want to open up a uh, winery, right? Everybody be like, oh, great. You want to open a winery? Wow, you want to make wine? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, hey, come enjoy this bottle of wine with me. It's fantastic. I just made it. Fantastic. Could you imagine... If you told your whole Can family, I imagine how about I had this right, exact conversation? Right. I, I'm growing pot. I grew up in a very those that know me know that I grew up in a very conservative family. Um, I was in church two to three times a week my entire life. Um, I was a youth leader when I was right. in high school and college, and then here I tell my mom. You know, my mom was very proud of me being a personal trainer. I was very successful at it. Made a lot of money doing that. And here was the I'm new, gonna grow weed now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm now sell weed. her son who'd never done drugs, never done anything like that. Like, hey, mom, I'm gonna actually open up a cannabis medical marijuana <laughs> club. You know, like that was a, that was a really. But tough it's interesting. The stigma is interesting to me because if you if you really examine it, uh, it's so much safer than alcohol. Oh, mm-hmm. It's you know if if you're a businessman and you come home at night and you need to relax. First of all, I'm not going to judge you. You want to fucking relax. That's fine. You 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 work hard. You do your job. You pay your taxes. You you're nice. You're good to your family. You want to come home. You want to relax. You want to have a glass of wine. That's cool. Or you want to have a joint. That's fucking cool too. I don't understand why there's this weird judgment over like, oh, he smokes pot at night. He's a stoner. And yo, no, he smokes too. You know, he drinks a beer every well, it's night. Just all those- He's a cool. He, you know, he watches football and drinks beer. Like, yeah. they're both psychoactive. Actually, alcohol is a fu- a, a far more potent. Uh, and dangerous psychoactive. You know, you give, uh, you know, you take two people, you give one guy a, a, a huge bottle of vodka and another guy, you know, 15 joints, and you say, okay, you guys keep going till someone dies. Who's going to win? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, so uh, it, it, to me, it's very fascinating, um, that whole, you know, that interesting um, stigma. But that has to go back to some of that propaganda. That yeah, created. it goes back, I was going to say, and it goes al- back to that Reagan sort of like the no drug. Well, um, and the alcohol. There's just a lot of, you know, a lot of like, propaganda that we experienced as kids and that just has stayed with us and that like even my whole you know sort of uh experience with it it it, it revolved around that because it was so ingrained you know they they get you like early like oh my god like you know the the two eggs and you know this is your brain on drugs and it like it really makes an impact as a kid and you just look i don't know you just look down on people yeah Yeah. and you don't know all the facts you know, until later on in life when you really decide well, to, to. Well, to here's the pro. You know, there's a there's a research. Pro- there's a problem with that, and besides the fact that the propaganda is false, and you know, you have all these huge lobbies like the alcohol lobby. Like they don't want alcohol lobbies don't want marijuana legalized. That's a comp- that's competition in marijuana. Right. Mm-hmm. People who smoke more pot end up drinking less. It's it's a fact, right? But you know, besides that, you have this problem. You lie to the public. You tell them something is horrible, dangerous for you, and eventually they find out that you're full of shit. They stop believing you, what? and they stop. Lo- they start losing confidence mm-hmm. in everything you say. And there, you know, there's a saying that if if there's if you make too many laws, 
people stop following all of them. Or if you make stupid laws, people follow, they stop following even the, the good laws. Because you lied to us. You said all this shit about marijuana, how horrible it is, this and that. And people started using it and they're like, it's not that bad. Yeah, now it's not that bad. It's got a lot of good yeah. to it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you look, there's some addicts, there's some idiots that abuse marijuana, but people yeah. abuse milkshakes right. too, you know? Yeah. And it's dangerous. You know, people, every year. It's more dangerous. Every year, people choke on pen caps. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's stupid people out there that are going to that are going to do stupid things. And it has nothing to do with marijuana. They're just idiots. So you take marijuana out of the, the picture and they're going to be idiots no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, what can you do? You can't control. I mean, it's, you know. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd have I have a I'd have a problem more if I had a kid that was addicted to, to cheeseburgers and French fries from McDonald's. than if if he smoked weed occasionally, that's how that's how I feel. I feel like that one of them is one of them is heading down a way. Absolutely. Worse, way worse road for sure. <laughs> absolutely. And I know a lot of people hear that. And they're like, oh, my God, no, you you did not just say that about McDonald's and versus yeah. marijuana. Like, well, here, here's yeah, dude, here's here. Check this out. This is going to trip everybody out now. Um, now that that the tide is kind of turned and uh, marijuana looks like it's about to get legalized or at the very least get rescheduled um, down the list from Schedule 1 to something else, now you're seeing pharmaceutical companies like jump on it because mm-hmm. now they're like, okay, fuck, we better start making some money off this. And here's what's interesting. So there's some studies. There's a lot. Actually, no. There's not some studies. There's a lot of studies. And they're all animal models and in vitro. And there's maybe uh, a few population surveys with humans that find that cannabinoids in general have potent anti-cancer effects. I don't know if you Mm. guys are familiar with this. Potent anti-cancer effects. Hmm. Um, And there's some huge surveys, some huge population surveys where they do all these controls and they find that people that smoke marijuana regularly have like ridiculously lower chances of getting certain types of cancer like head, neck, and mouth cancers. And yet they're smoking all these carcinogens (laughs) on top of it. You know, when anytime you breathe in smoke, you're breathing in carcinogens. Right. So the cannabinoids are offsetting that, and are, are so you have some pharmaceutical companies now that are testing the anti-cancer effects of cannabinoids. One company in particular called GW Pharmaceutical, which is running some some tests right now on uh, what's called a multiform glioma, like a, a type of brain cancer, and they're and they're doing some tests right now. Um, they're also doing tests on things like epilepsy and irritable bowel syndrome and Crohn's disease. And my belief, and I, I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that says, oh, you know, use the plant. It's going to cure everything. It might help. But I'm also a realist. I also understand science. I will make a prediction right now that the next breakthroughs in medicine, the next huge breakthroughs in medicine and in cancer medicine will be from cannabinoids, will be from some type of a cannabinoid molecule, whether it be synthetic or alter, you know, an altered phytocannabinoid. And they're gonna, they're, it's gonna be an absolute fucking breakthrough because it's a new molecule, it's in a new class. And when's the last time we heard about a cancer drug that was non-chemo, that oh, had any right. type of an effect and actually you, boosts your your appetite? Well, it's non-toxic. Because yeah, isn't that the biggest the problem, right? When you when you go through chemo and everything, is it like I mean, obviously, other than that, it kills all these. It kills cells, everything. Yeah. yeah, in your body. Well, I have a personal story. I, and somebody very, very, very close to me, um, you know, was uh, diagnosed with a horrible form of stomach cancer um, known as, it's called lenitis plastica. And the five-year survival rate on it is like 5%. So basically, you don't. You're, you're, it's terminal. You're not going to survive. So she was in a late stage. Unfortunately, when, you, when people find this uh, cancer, um, it's usually in late stages because you don't necessarily get symptoms until it's too late. And, um, you know, the doctors, you know, they basically throw everything at it. They put her on extremely aggressive chemo. 
um, to try and do something. Um, when looking back, we probably should have said no to all that stuff because we knew the statistics. It wasn't going to do shit anyway, except maybe make her sick. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in typical, you know, in something, how I typically handle crisis situations is I go into research mode. So I dived in so deep into alternative treatments because I knew at the very least my alternative treatments would be as effective as chemo, which for her, the chemo, the statistics showed that it would do nothing. So I knew at least I'd do nothing. So I said, okay, I'm going to try and look at alternatives. And that's when I came upon all the cancer research on on cannabis. So at the time of her diagnosis, her life expectancy was between six to eight months, maybe. I purchased her some highly concentrated cannabis oil. Um, edible form is the best way to use it if you have cancer. Um, it, it longer at, longer acting in the system. You're not smoking anything, so you're not getting that stuff. Um, it's not as quick acting, so sometimes if you have, um, if you want like palliative effects, like if you have nausea and stuff, you might want to smoke it. But I bought her some high, highly concentrated oil. Now, this is a woman that she's uh, she was an immigrant. Uh, she never used anything. She barely ever drank alcohol. So now I'm trying to talk her into you know, <laughs> using this highly concentrated cannabis oil. Anyway, long story short, um, for, she, she survived over a year and a half. So this is someone who should have died six, six months later. She survived over a year and a half. Wow. And she did relatively well up until I'd say the last three months. Hmm. So up until three months into it, she was considering what she was going through and the, the chemo and shit. I mean, she was going through some harsh chemo. She did relatively. She did very well, actually. For the first year, she babysat my kids. She would walk around with this little chemo uh, uh, machine on her, pumping chemo into her, and she'd have the energy to watch my kids. And we were blown away. Wow. Part of that was her attitude. She had an amazing attitude, and the other part of it was the cannabis. And it's funny because I'd she, we'd go to chemo treatments with her, and she'd be sitting in this room getting her drug, her, her chemotherapy with other people. And she'd sit there and tout the benefits of cannabis. I bet, I bet, right? I bet. She'd be like, you got to try this stuff. And I don't have any symptoms. And I hear you guys saying about throwing up and this and that. But I'm not throwing up and I feel great. And, well, you, you and make, I was sold right there. You, you huh. make the, the prediction of that. I'll tell you one that I've been saying for at least anyone that's known me. I've been saying this for at least five years, maybe more now. That I believe this is what will take us out of our economical depression that we've been in forever, too. You want to talk about the millions. Taxes. Of, oh, yeah. You're talking about so much money out there that we can, money that we can't even track. They've tried to estimate it based off of the black market and what they what they've busted, what they found, what you can't even come close to. It's so it's the number so beyond that. It would literally pull us right out of our economical depression that we're in for well, sure. Well, it's a huge market. Why not why not profit a little bit off of it, regulate it so people are not buying yeah. it from a drug dealer who's also selling other shit. Right. And Make sure kids don't use it. I mean, they, yeah, they can do it a lot just like with alcohol. I mean, I don't understand why they just treat it just like alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. So leave it at that. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time... This is Mind Pump.